You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I brought up stuff that I've never brought up before, not even to Amber. I wrote stuff in this book that Amber didn't know, that no one on the planet, in fact, knew. And it wasn't until I finished the manuscript itself that I needed to call Amber and tell her, hey, there's some stuff in this book that you don't know about. Okay, welcome to the podcast. This is a, a special episode, and I'm going to read your questions about Like a River. Tomorrow, as this releases every Monday morning, so as this releases tomorrow is August 1st. If you're listening to it in real time or on the actual day it releases, which most people probably won't, but for the people that are, my book, Like a River, comes out tomorrow. So motivated by that, um, so excited. I mean, probably a little bit nervous about it too because it's just I looked back on the the process of this and January of 2021 is when I finished the proposal to start pitching to publishers so um before that you know is when I was putting my thoughts together so it's it's been quite a process and I remember putting together that proposal and when we finally ended up getting the publishing deal the, the green light to write the book they were talking about fall of 2023. And I remember thinking, that's decades away. It feels so long from now. And now here we are, uh, literally one day. Tomorrow it releases. And so if you haven't gotten Like a River yet, um, first of all, let me just give you my little pitch. Um, This is my life story. And well, at least the last five years, which have been the most impactful of my entire life. And we're going to cover in this book with me, I'm going to cover the, the journey through grief and loss of my little boy, three-year-old boy, River, as we lost him, my wife and I lost him. And the book is going to open with that. In fact, I got one right here. I got it right here. Uh, the book opens with that chapter one. We're going straight into it. So it's, let me start reading the very beginning. It says, soak in this moment because it won't last forever. It was the last thought 
I remember having before everything changed. So right at the beginning of this book, we're getting into the meat of what happened, the catalyst that then turned into many other things that happened in my life that are worth telling. They, that's an understatement. It's so important for me to tell this story that I'm literally giving up the biggest passion, uh, hobby, career of my life, and that's touring as a musician. I'm giving all of that up because I believe that this message in this book and me supporting the book and, and trying to get it into as many hands as possible is more important than all the fame and all the glory and all the stages and all the money and all the festivals and all the shows forever that I could breathe air on this earth. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, especially if you know me, that's a statement. I'm making a statement for my life about this, okay? Um, what I want to do today, because it comes out tomorrow, so if you haven't, if you haven't gotten one, please um, help me and get this book. And the reason I say help me is because in these next seven days, eight days, it's very important for the, all those bestseller lists. Why is that important? Well, that's important because that kicks you up on the algorithm that gets you onto other lists. And there's certain people, certain kinds of people that don't know me that only buy books on those lists. So why is that important? Because that gets it, that spreads this word, this message in this book further than my own reach, further than people that would listen to this podcast, further than country music or Smiths or fans of me in general. So that's why it's important to to kick up the sales enough to get on some kind of bestseller list. So that's my immediate short-term goal right now. I asked Instagram if you guys had any questions about this book and then promised that I would read them on the podcast. So typically on this, on this podcast, I answer your questions when you email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Today, I'm going to break the form just a little bit, just shy of 200 episodes. And I'm going to answer questions specifically about like a river. And there's a bunch. And so I'm just going to kind of scroll through. I'm going to scan them a little bit and see if it's something that I've already repeated or not. And we'll just see what happens here. Um, first question says, is the book too soon to share with a friend who just lost her 20-year-old son last month? No, I would say no. I would say that it's, it would be too soon for a lot of things in the grief process, like telling her it's time to get up, it's time to go, it's time to, it's time to go back to work, it's time to be engaged, it's time to put on your makeup and pick up your bootstraps and go. It's too soon for that. But as you bring her lasagna one night and you're speaking with her, it might not be something that you say like, hey, you need to read this book, but you might just bring a copy of Like a River and put it on her table and say, this is a guy that lost his son. Um, he explains the whole process, his whole entire grieving process, page by page. If you want to see what happened, what didn't work for him, and then what eventually did. If you want to read that here, here, just drop it on the table right here. I don't think it's too soon for that. Somebody says here, I'm seeing you in Albuquerque in a few weeks. Will the book be available there? I'm so excited. Yes, um, we don't know exactly how the book's going to be available. We're going to probably work with local vendors. So local bookstores that carry it. 
we'll probably invite them to come to our shows and bring some with them. Um, that will prevent us. Well, first of all, um, there's all kinds of reasons why Yee Yee Apparel can't physically carry it unless we buy them and resell them. So the easier process is a local bookstore comes in to our shows, which is very possible, and we'll make sure that it, it's in Albuquerque. Um, here's one that says, will you be selling a limited stock of signed copies? I'm going to sign, I'm going to, I'm going to always sign books. So, um, if you need a, if you need a signed book, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'll always sign books. Then the next one says, how do I get a signed copy? There's going to be lots of ways. I'll continue to, um, tell you different ways, but I'm not going to slow that down. There's not like a limited, a number that I'm going to sign. This question says, do you have this book on tape? I'm just a fireman. I'm not very good at reading. You know, it's interesting. Uh, yes, this book is going to be on Audible. Um, but, and I know he's joking. And I, this is actually my friend, Jared. I know Jared. Um, but it is interesting. Let me just throw this out there. The, I, I realize there's a lot of people that think, I don't read books. It's not my thing. I don't read books. And so the audiobook is for you, great. But I would challenge you to give this book a shot because I'm not a really smart guy. <laughs> and I think, I hope, I pray, and I believe that even the person that says they can't read very well or they don't read and they don't like reading or they get too distracted with reading, I would be willing to bet that this book is still okay for you. <laughs> because I'm, I think I speak in a language that you can understand. I'm not super intellectual, right? Give it a try. Give it a try, please. Um, this person says, do you have Bible verses in it? Yes, I do. Every chapter is going to start with a Bible verse, plus there's some other things I unpack in there. Will it be on Amazon? Yes, it will. That's an easy way to get it. Amazon's super easy. Um, this person says, what's the best part of the book? I could tell you, but then... That would be giving it away, wouldn't it? I will say this. For those of you that know me and know my story, uh, I'm not necessarily saying this is the best part, but for those of you that know me, know that River, my son, he's the one that gets on the title of this book. He's the one that gets you know the first chapter and the catalyst and so much that happens after it. But truly the star of the book itself is Maverick. I'll give you that much. Next person says, I'm a school librarian. Will you come speak to our FCA club in San Antonio? Certainly, certainly. Um, you, could, you could find me on my website, grangersmith.com. There is a contact page and there's a speaking request form. Um, typically, I do not charge anything for speaking at something like that or church. Uh, next question here says, what has the Lord taught you while writing this book? Oh man, I would say patience because it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long, slow ride. Making an album is a lot quicker than this. This question says, I'm excited to read it. My question is for your wife, what were your thoughts on this book? Well, Amber's not sitting here with me, um, but Amber has been so supportive, so supportive. And it's been very interesting because as I write some of the stories in the book, um, and as you might have noticed, if you, those of you that are watching this podcast right now, maybe on YouTube, you might notice that I'm actually sitting 
in the place where Amber does arise. I wanted to change up this episode since I'm not answering typical questions. Uh, I'm, t- I'm sitting in her spot. Um, but she's been so encouraging to me. And there was interesting times when I was writing a part of the story and I would say a fact about what was happening. For instance, there was one time when I was talking to Amber in the book and I said, we were sitting on the edge of the bed having this discussion, right? And later she comes to me and she goes, hey, you know, we weren't sitting on the edge of the bed. We were sitting on the stairs at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> I trust her memory over mine. And I was like, you're right. You're totally right. The, the meat of the conversation in my mind was so important that it took over the, the, the facts of my surroundings and where I actually was. Very interesting that happened um, in different places of the book as I had, as I sent it to all the people that were involved and they came back with me and were like, yes, here's, try this, try this. Um, here's a question that says, will the book be about the timelines of grief that you experienced? Yes. Somewhat, somewhat, yes. What was the most difficult sentence you wrote in the book and why? Hmm. I don't really know. I can't really tell you the most difficult sentence, but I'd tell you the most difficult chapter was chapter seven. It's called The Dark Night of the Soul. And it was difficult to write, but that's an understatement compared to how difficult it was to live. And The Dark Night of the Soul comes six chapters after we lost Riv. So that story was at the very beginning. So don't think it's that. What I've been saying is, as people, as I've given this book out, and people have read through, and sometimes they'll text me, and there'll be a certain amount of pages in, and they'll say, Granger, I, I read, I'm at, I'm trying to find where it is. I'm at page, you know, 95 or whatever. Yeah, we're in 95, 96, 100. And I realized that they're in the dark night of the soul chapter. And they're like, man, I just can't believe this. I can't, I can't believe this chapter, et cetera, et cetera. And my, usually I don't reply because what I'm really thinking is read chapter eight. You get to chapter seven, you might get stuck and you might, you might get uh, a really weird feeling, a really bad feeling. You might understand a little bit of how it felt to write it and experience it. But the best thing I could say is get to chapter eight, read chapter eight, then we'll talk. Then we could talk. It almost needs to come with a warning label. I'll give you this book or you could buy this book, but don't message me at chapter seven. Message me after chapter eight. This question says, what is your greatest hope that comes from this book? My greatest hope is that even one person, and that's the reason I want to get it into so many hands is to help the odds of this, but that even one person could find the same hope, and peace, and rest at the source of the river during their darkest time, during their maybe their darkest night of the soul, like I did. And this book, the Lord used as a catalyst for that. That's my, that's my greatest hope. Question says, is it tough for you or Amber to read through the book? Well, I read the audio book. Obviously, I've read it many times after I've written it um, for the editing process. But 
I read the final copy for the first time while I was reading the audio, recording the audiobook. And that was the really first time, the first time that I heard all of my changes in my little edits together, flowing together, not just in clumps and sections. And I cried um, probably every chapter. Not always sad tears, put it that way. This question says, would you rate how hard it was to write? Surprisingly, not hard. It was not hard. Um, I mean, we're not talking emotionally. We're talking just physically, practically. It was not hard to write because it was all right there in my head. It was ready to come out. I'm kind of scanning around here on these questions. Um, when did you decide you were open, you're going to open up and write this book? Probably about September. Hmm. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. 2022 was the proposal. January 2022 was when we, was that right? No. I'm getting my years mixed up. 20, so 2020, September 2020 was the first, was like, yeah, I got to write a book. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. How many of y'all know that COVID kind of messed up all of our memories on, on months and years? Um, there's a lot of questions like that. What made you want to write this book? You know what? I just woke up one day, honestly, I had thought about it a lot. And I woke up one day and just thought, I got to do it. I need to do it. I need to start the process. So I called my brother, Tyler, who's my manager. And he said, well, I think my, my advice to you is to call two people that you know that have written books. And one was Ryan Mickler, who has the Order of the, Order of the Man podcast. Message him because he's just releasing a book. And then message Ed Milat, who's written hundreds of books. So I did that. Both of those, both of those guys were very helpful and sent me um, in the direction of a literary agent who then could say, okay, well, here's, here's the process. Here's what we need to do. Here's what you need to put together before we can propose this to different publishers. Uh, this question says, was your, was your wife a big part of helping you deal with the loss? Now eh, you could read the book for that one. Because that's up for, um, well, that, that's up for a good conversation. This question says, I'm, I'm a fan of your music. I share the same faith. Why should I read this book? Lord knows I do need help in my life. That's interesting. It's an interesting question by Country Boy Revival. That's his name on Instagram. I would say this, Country Boy Revival, I would say this. Will you, if you like my music, if you've been a fan of my music, and I would say that it's, it might be right to say that as, as I put out a music video from a song that you've liked, You've trusted me with that music video. I would say, could I, may I extend that trust to this book? May I ask you to trust me that you should read this book? I could go through some generic reasons, but I would ask, 
will you trust me and read the book and let me know what you think? I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to continue these questions. Okay, this podcast is brought to you today, as you could probably guess, by my book, Like a River. That's what I want to talk about because as I sit here and record this, it is still not available to the world, but it will be on August 1st by the time you are hearing this. If you're hearing this right now and you do not have the book Like a River, I would encourage you to go to Amazon.com, pull out your app, pull out your Prime app, pull out your Walmart.com app if that's what you use or Barnes & Noble, wherever you like to find books. I would encourage you to check out my book, Like a River. And if you are a fan of this book, if you already know a little bit about this book and you know that it could help people, maybe someone that's hurting or lost or broken or heartbroken in in, in any way, then you think, well, down the road, I want to get that person a book. I would encourage you to get it today for them so that we can make a bigger impact with the the immediate number we get this week on that book. If that doesn't make any sense to you, here's what I'm trying to say. This is our best shot this week because it's brand new and it has pre-orders included. This is our best shot to get on some kind of bestseller list. If it does that, it gets into the hands of so many others. So that's my goal is to get this book, my story. When I lost my son, Riv, I had no idea the pain that I would be plunged into and that it was a kind of pain that I could not bring myself out of. I learned that I didn't have to do that. And I want to show other people, as many people as I can, so they don't go to the extent in their brokenness that I did. Uh, that's in a nutshell. That's why I wrote Like a River. It's, it's a story of hope. It's, this, it's a story of purpose on the other side of your pain. Please check it out. It comes out August 1st as we speak. It's called Like a River. It's my brand new book. All right, we're back here answering your questions about the book Like a River. It comes out tomorrow, August the 1st, if you're listening real time. If you're not listening real time, then it's out. It is out, and you can find this book anywhere you like to find books. Amazon is super easy. If you go to grangersmith.com, at least right now, there is that's we're kind of using that as the hub that has all the links to all the different places that sell books like walmart.com and barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com all that kind of stuff so you could find the book at any of those places and um i would say and this is not an advertisement but i would say amazon you know it's super easy and it's not going anywhere for a while at least Moving on with your questions, I asked you to to give me some questions on Instagram, and I'm just kind of scrolling through here, questions specifically about the book. Um, this question says, was it therapeutic in a way? And yeah, that's a pretty common question. And sure, yeah, absolutely. I told, I've told this story of about losing Riv and what has happened to me afterward. I've told this story many, many times, whether it's on the Smiths or I've mentioned it many times on this podcast, I've talked about it on radio shows and Good Morning Americas and Today's shows and you name it. Um, I Am Second shows. and But writing the book was different than all of them because it was much deeper. It was going into a world that was um, much more detailed. And I 
I brought up stuff that I've never brought up before, not even to Amber. I wrote stuff in this book that Amber didn't know, that no one on the planet, in fact, knew. And it wasn't until I finished the manuscript itself that I needed to call Amber and tell her, hey, there's some stuff in this book that you don't know about. So that's, that, yeah, so it was therapeutic in that way, yes. Last question says, book signings in New York next, next week. Uh, I'm seeing you on August the 2nd. She said, I'm reading it right now and it's taking my breath away. Yeah. Thank you. I'll find you. I'll find you. We'll, we will be doing signings. Um, here's a question that says, is it appropriate for a 17-year-old that loves your music? Yeah. I would say 17, yes. I would say um, you might have caution with your younger kids, 12 and under, 11 and under. May caution. You may want to read it first. I, I wouldn't say it's bad for kids, but I, I would, as a parent, I would read it first. I have not let my kids read it yet. I'll put it that way. 17, yep, great. Here's one that says, no question, just wanted to say I'm so excited for it to be delivered. Thank you. Um, here's one that says, is your book saying you agree with Calvinism? If so, why? No, it's the book. No, the book does not say that. Here's one that says, does this book tell us the secret to why I am depraved? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> you guys are getting so deep on these. Uh, here's one that says, how did you decide uh, what the chapters of this book would be in what order? Um, that was that was done, thankfully, in the in the proposal process. So I did that before I even wrote them. I knew the order of the chapters before I wrote the actual book, and the chapters were just had working titles. So I was able to know I'm going this direction with it. I'm going on chapter two. I'm going this direction. Chapter three, I'm going to talk about this. Chapter four, I'll go here. So that was, that made it a lot easier to write. So putting that in order before anything else happened was critical to, to the way my brain worked. Here's another question saying, was writing this book healing for you? Yeah. In so many ways. In so many ways, it was healing for me. But truly, let me tell you, that's not why I wrote it. I didn't write it so that it would be healing for me. That's cool. That's a great, that's a great little point. But, but I wrote it so that it would be healing for you. Really, truly. Here's one that says, If I haven't experienced loss of a kid slash young loved one, is it still something... I'll enjoy. I would say, I would say absolutely. This, this is not, this is not a book directed towards people that have lost a child. I would say that it works really well with that group, but that's not at all who it's for. It's for everybody, truly. This is my story, what happened to me, Take it however you, you want to take it. 
but it's for everybody. It's a message for everybody. Yes. Here's a question that says, what did your community look like for you and your wife before and after your loss? We had, we had a good community on both sides. They're good neighbors, good friends, good fans, good family. Yeah. We had it on both sides. Very, very thankful for that. When will it be available in Europe? Ugh, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish Like a River would get out there quicker. Uh, but that's something I cannot control. Um, here's one that says, such a powerful read. Thank you. When will it be mailed? Um, you should get it tomorrow. You should get it tomorrow from when you hear this podcast. Here's one that says, when you felt like you couldn't go any further, like you couldn't take another step, what did you do? Yeah, you know, that is something I really go into detail about in this book is the step-by-step process I did and the extent of the steps that I took. And most of them, 99.999% of the steps I took and things that I did, like you said, when I couldn't go any further, 99% of it did not work. In fact, most of it made things worse. And that's why I want you to read it so that maybe you don't have to go through as many things as I did before you find the 1%. There's another one says, no question, just looking forward to purchasing, purchasing the book and meeting you in August in Tulsa. Me too. <laughs> Here's one said, if I pre-ordered it on Amazon, am I going to get one for sure? <laughs> yes. Yes, you will. Uh, Lindsay on here says, is it hard putting your personal story out for everyone to see? That is the most difficult part. That is hands down. The most difficult part is not only putting my story out, but putting the most vulnerable parts of my story out in the open. That's very difficult. It's worth it. The payoff is worth it. The, the ability to possibly reach someone with, with a ray of hope, with, with, an idea of peace and hope and rest within the darkest night for them. If, if I could reach them with that, it's worth, it, it is worth all of the embarrassment and uncomfortable moments that I would have sharing my story with in the public. Now, here's another one that says the same thing. Do you feel vulnerable now that parts of your story are about to be heard for the first time? Yep, I do. What was the hardest thing about writing this book? And how did you cope to keep writing? Um, the hardest part about writing the book really was the patience in the process itself. Because I want to just do things and get it done. And sometimes I would hit a block and be like, I don't know. I can't. I need to stop now. I need to wait for the creative energy to roll again. I don't have it right now. And you, you can't just power through it like mowing the grass. I used to have a lawn business. And when I would mow grass, you could just power through it. You're tired. You, you can't think anymore. You're sunburned. You just, you just go, I'm going to power through. I'm going to finish. But you can't do that with creative things. That's the hardest part. 
here's a question that says, how do you cope with PTSD? Lots of different ways and few of them work. That's exactly, I, I lay that out as clear as I can in the book. Here's one that says, might be too soon to ask, but do you plan to write more books in the future? I do. Um, when, I, when I signed over with Like a River to HarperCollins, my publisher, it was a four-book deal. Four books. So this is, this is the first one, and you should expect in some form, maybe different kinds of books, but three more, and Lord willing, more after that. I really enjoyed the process, and so... I, I really hope that there are many more. Let's see here. There's a lot of questions that say, what, what was the most difficult part of writing the book? Or was it therapeutic? And was it difficult? Was it hard? Was it, you know, I've got a lot of questions like that. Will you be doing a book tour? I see a lot of those questions. And the answer is kind of, I'm going to be going around and doing different conferences and preaching different places. So it's not going to be officially a tour, but I will be going to a lot of different places with this book after music touring stops. Yes. Question here says, is it appropriate for teenagers? I would, I would read it first. If you're, if you're a teenager and you don't have anyone that's supervising you, then read it. If you're a parent asking me that, then you read it first and then advise. I'm saying personally, it's okay for you. Here's one that says, when will you let your kids read or have it for them to read? Um, still praying through that. Yeah, there's some parts in there that I'm still praying through for them. Here's one that says, what is your favorite chapter? By the way, big fan of the podcast. Thanks, Braden. The, my favorite chapter probably... There's, there's uh, several that I love because, because of different reasons. Um, chapter five is about my dad. And a lot of people walk away and they're like, man, I like chapter five. So that's, that's a big one for me. But hmm, chapter 11 is a good one too. Chapter eight, that's a good one too. Not, not because I'm like, oh, I wrote a cool chapter. I'm because the story in it is impossible for me to have made up. Are you planning to be a guest speaker at church? Yeah, I am. If you would like me to, you can talk to your pastor and you could reach out to me through grangersmith.com in the contact page. Yeah. Um, somebody says, where can I buy it? Yeah, Amazon. It's the good place. That's, we'll just start with that, but you, any place that you like to buy books. This question says, will it be released only in hardcover editions? Is there a soft cover coming down the road? I believe so. This is my first time in the book world, but I believe that they start hardcover like this and then they sell them for a while, a while and then they go to soft cover. But, but it's cool to have these, especially this one, this particular one I'm holding because this is the first print, the first edition. So there are already at least one word that needs to be changed from this edition. So what we'll do is, and I've turned that in, so they go back and on the second print, when they're ready to reorder, Lord willing, 
then it's the second edition and it's got that one word fixed, right? But at that point, the first edition doesn't exist anymore. So it becomes, it comes, becomes a kind of a novelty, kind of a keepsake, kind of uh, more valuable than any of the other versions. So if you get a soft cover down the road, cool. Most of what people read will probably be the soft cover, but there will only be this one run of first edition hardcovers. Here's a question that says, did you include how you arrived to forgive yourself through Christ? I think many are struggling believing that Christ covers all and they are not exempt for God's grace that perseveres. Um, oh, that prevents them from, from forgiving themselves, which hinders their relationship to God. Sorry, I read that in three different pieces. Let me read it again together. Did you include how you arrived to forgive yourself through Christ? I think many struggle believing that Christ covers all, and they are not exempt for God's grace, and that prevent, prevents them from forgiving themselves, which hinders their relationship with God. I would highly recommend you read this book, because I think you'll find there is a flaw in what you're saying, what you're asking. And I'm pretty sure that this book lays out pretty well that you can't forgive yourself. That's something somebody else has to do, right? That's complicated, but read the book. We'll talk. Read the book, then we'll talk. This one says, what chapter was your favorite to write? So that's different than what's my favorite chapter. What was your favorite chapter to write? Yeah, that's five. Chapter five. Chapter five. 100%. 100%. That was, I loved writing that chapter. I'm scrolling through with my eyes on my phone, scrolling through Instagram questions, and I am kind of scrolling now looking for a question that's different that's why i'm pausing because there's a lot of questions that are the same like what was the hardest part about writing it how long have you planned this when did you decide to write it how many drafts of this book are there oh that's interesting i don't know 20 <laughs> there's a lot I just wrote and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote over and over. Did you ever have a writer's block and how did you handle it? Yeah, I did. Uh, the best thing to handle the writer's block, the best thing is a really good night's sleep and some decent food and stay hydrated. Really, there's so many other things you could do, but if, if you don't do those three things, then you're going to have problems. No matter what you're doing, you're going to have problems if you're not getting good rest, good fuel, and hydrating. Sounds stupid, but that's, that's, that's the real deal. Here's one that says, what was the process from conceptualization to publishing? Um, the key to all of that was, there was a, I found an agency, a literary agency called the Fed Agency, and they're stuff that you don't think about when you're just reading casually reading but uh you open up the first page it says this author is represented by the fed agency that's like on the literally the first page 
and they're the glue that just really connects a lot of things and holds it together. So um, they are the people that said, okay, what do you think? Like, what, what's your working title here? What, what kind of chapters are you thinking? What's the book about? Who is it to? Who's the demographic? Who do you think will read this? Who does it matter to? What's the message you want those people to hear? Okay, so they just walk through different questions and help me decide how I'm going to go about it, how I'm going to get that blank page going on page one, on chapter one, where I'm going with it. And they also help take this whole thought idea because before Like a River was a book, it was just a proposal. And the Fed agency takes this proposal and they go, hey, this isn't a book yet, but here's the idea of it. And here's who's writing it. And here's the story that he wants to tell that he hasn't told yet, but he wants to tell. And they pitch it out to all these different publishers. And they say, who wants this? Who's interested in taking this and helping, helping put this on shelves in different, different uh, e-commerce stores? We ended up getting our publisher that, you know, they came forward. And we talked to a lot of great ones. We prayed through that whole process. And then when the right one came, and after we prayed a lot about it, because it's so important, uh, then they said, okay, green light, go. We love it. We love your concept. We love your title. We love where you want to go with it. It's all yours. You have uh, four months. I think that's about what they gave me, about something like four months. You have four months to write it. Have it turned in by this day. I think it was September 1st of last year. And I was like, cool. So I, I finished it in two months instead of four. And that was it. And we were off to the races. Um, I am so encouraged by so many people that have reached out and that are interested in this book. And, and I am, as I'm sitting here tonight, as I record this ahead of time, I just can't imagine what the feeling will be when people are actually reacting to it and messaging me after they've actually read it. Because for now, right now, most of the world has not seen it or read it. So this is the last podcast that I will do, Lord willing, that I don't, that people don't know the story of Like a River. And so I'm just, I'm excited and I, I want to make my plea one more time. If you haven't checked this book out, um, grab it. And what really helps me, well, let me reword that. What really helps this book and the message behind it is the first week. What matters is those sales on the first week. And so I kind of started the podcast with this, but I'll say it again. This is what I've learned through endless <laughs> Zoom calls with the publisher. That that first week matters a lot because we either will or will not end up on some kind of bestseller list. And if we do, then there are people that will buy it just because of that. And there will stores that, that will carry it just because of that. If we don't, then that's okay, but we won't be on those lists and it will just won't get into the new level. It won't get into the next level of buyers. The next level of buyers is, is who I'm partially interested in because they don't know me at all. They've never heard my name. They don't know my music. They don't know my story. They don't know about River. They're just casual book readers that could be very surprised by the contents of this book. So all that to be said, the way to get to them is by having a good first week. 
And the way to have a good first week is if you're thinking about getting this book for someone for like Christmas or their birthday, and you're thinking, I'll, I'll grab one for me now, and I'll grab this book later for Christmas, I would encourage you just to go ahead when you're getting it on Amazon or whatever, just make it two right now. Make the quantity two so that then you can hang on to the second copy, and then you'll give it to them later for Christmas so that those numbers do better uh, the first week. This revealing a lot. I've n I don't think I've ever been this upfront um, and kind of sales pitchy with any music or album. <clears throat> and, and I think that should say something about um, what this means to me compared to album. I've never sat on a podcast and told you to please buy two albums <laughs> or go stream it a million times. I never told you that. I just said, if you like the music, play it. I hope you like it. This is different. I'm saying, give this book a shot. Um, if you're not a reader, give it a shot. Um, the audiobook is is cool, and I love it. But this is what counts for these seller this bestseller list. So, um, give it a shot, and then let me know what you think. Email me GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. That is the normal email I read for this podcast. So, check it out. Email me. Let me know what you think. Let me know if it stirs something in you. Let me know if you hate it. If you're like, man, don't ever write a book again. This was terrible. Let me know that too. But either way, I love you guys. And I'm so excited about what is going to be August 1st, the release of Like a River. See you guys. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.